Ladies and gentlemen, you're about to experience the Gut Check Project, talking science, health, and innovation that you can actually use. But this isn't just another health show. No, no. We're here to have fun and make your time enjoyable. And you like to have fun, right? Well, while you're enjoying yourself, know that even though the GCP covers some health topics with healthcare pros, we are not your doctors. So use our show to entertain your mind and not for medical advice. And now, here are your hosts of the Gut Check Project, Dr. Ken Brown and Eric Rieger. KBMB Health Family, it's episode number 70. I'm your host, Eric Rieger, and this is the awesome leader, Dr. Kenneth Brown. I'm leader this time? Wow. Why wouldn't you be the leader? We have a sign, and your name's on top. Oh, that is true. We we don't want to get into the sign again, but that's a great looking sign. (laughs) It's an amazing looking (laughs) sign. So, hey, we've got uh, got real subject material. We we talked a little bit in, in episode 69 that we were resetting for this awesome format. You probably heard Paul's voice introducing our two latest episodes and uh more changes on the way but uh why don't you go ahead and tell us what is in store for this episode so what's in store for this episode is i have been getting into longevity and the whole idea of anti-aging i did uh, gabrielle fundaro's uh, webinar last week where we talked about how you can change your microbiome your microbiome to keep yourself young if your microbiome gets old you get old as I'm doing this, I realize that I'm practicing a lot of what I'm reading. One of the things I'm doing is intermittent fasting. Oh, okay. And so I was going to try and give some, you know, some hacks on how I do intermittent fasting. And Andrew Huberman beat me to it on his podcast. Dr. Andrew Huberman, he is half Argentinian, and he brings this up about every third episode where he drinks yerba mate in the morning. And he talks about uh, how yerba mate is good for different things, but there's controversial because it may be associated with cancer also. And I kept hearing that and I'm like, wait a minute, I'm doing yerba mate because it does seem to curb my appetite. And I wanted to know why does it do that? Uh And wait a minute, controversial might kill you. What? We got to figure this out. So this episode is on yerba mate and I'm going to explain to you why yerba mate is fantastic and then try and also explain how it can kill you. Okay. If you do it wrong. <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, water's great for you. Too much water could be dangerous. So maybe this is, uh, I don't know yet, but maybe this is that kind of uh, that kind of discussion. Not really. It can kill you in small amounts also. And it so. is not like water. <laughs> We're going to get water. into all that. Yeah. Water, right? And so actually, even I just hope that Dr. Huberman listens to this so that he can feel better and prepare his mate in a less killy way. Yeah, don't be so killy, uh, Dr. Huberman. So it's going to be the show about yerba mate. And if you haven't heard about yerba mate, we're going to talk a lot about it. And there's a lot of reasons why you should know more about it. So yerba mate spelled Y-E-R-B-A-M-A-T-E. So let's let's get into it because it's not, I brought this up to uh, to the family and no one really seemed to know that much about it, but that's okay. That's really kind of what this show is all about. So my mom's Argentinian. Nice. So I grew up with yerba mate all around me all the time. My grandparents, um, it's it's a cultural thing. The reason why a lot of people haven't heard about it is because it comes from a tree, and that tree only grows in South America. Mm -hmm. And so Brazilians, Argentinians, um, Uruguayans, uh, Paraguay, they... 
What's that? Chileans. Chileans. They all drink lots of yerba mate. And in fact, they only export 5%. And so that's why here we probably oh, wow. haven't, haven't heard about it. Because what, what I'm going to tell you on this show, you're going to be like, why am I drinking other things for different purposes huh. when they've done all these clinical trials out there? There's tons of studies on this. It's really wild. Okay. In fact, if you look at like uh, Uruguay, 90% of all adults in Uruguay admit to consuming yerba mate. And if you uh, do the analysis in Brazil, Brazilians will average almost two liters a day of yerba mate. Wow. That's quite a bit. Yeah. So it's, that's it's a lot. half a gallon. Yeah. And so it is, it just seems to be now just recently showing up everywhere. I don't know if you've noticed that people are saying that they're adding it to energy drinks and they're trying to do different things. So it's, it's becoming popular here, um, being used as a supplement and things like that. But I don't think people really are talking about the pros and cons of it. And that's okay. what I want to talk about today. All right. So, all right. So one of the first things that we have to do is talk about how yerba mate is made. So to make the mate, they take the leaves from this special tree and then they actually go through a quick drying process, but then they put it through this critical step where they get it very dry. And in mass production, this is the key here, they use smoke to dry it. So they smoke the leaves. Okay. That's a really important thing that we're, that we're going to get into. And then after they do that, they place it in barrels and, let, and basically let it mature. And as the longer that it matures, the more beneficial products in it. Okay. Spoiler alert, like polyphenols. Okay. So the longer you leave it in there, the higher concentration of the beneficial things. So I'm going to explain how to drink it. While I'm doing that, I figure you and I should do some yerba mate together right here. And is this the is this the killy kind or the non killy is... kind? <laughs> I don't know yet. This just sounds awesome. We're gonna I'm gonna randomize you to one mate and I'll take the other. <laughs> who's ever left to discuss the show? We just figured out who had the killy kind. Okay. So, all right. So what we're gonna do here? This is an organic yerba mate that I got off of Amazon. I'll explain this. I'm gonna let you. Fill up your matero. The matero is, traditionally, it's in a gourd like this. Uh, and this is where you put the loose leaf mate in. And the matero holds the mate and you pour water over it and you let it steep. Then you have a special straw that blocks the little particles and dust particles and things like that. And this is called a bombija. Bombija. So I've, I've Bom got it. I've got a smaller question, and for those of y'all who are watching either on YouTube or on Rumble, you may notice that this bag, did you, do you have to borrow a grizzly bear to open the bag for the first time? So, in anticipation of, um, you, you do about three quarters full, Okay. and I'll, I'll show our different materos here, because you have a very special one. I do, and I appreciate that. All right, so... Eric's Matero is a Texas Tech Matero given to me by one of the Texas Tech uh, tennis players. Uh, shout out to Franco Ribeiro for giving me the Texas Tech Matero so you, that Marco. we can enjoy mate together because it is actually a community type thing. This is how they celebrate in South America. We would meet for mate. And when I was growing up, they would share the same mate. They would just pass it back and forth. Okay. Then it would go around. Okay, now you're going to fill it with uh, basically just fill it with water up to the point where we can see that. Nice. Eric's comment on does it take a bear to open this, my brilliant move, I tried to open this bag and uh, I guess I've been lifting too much and it, uh, oh, 
I was going to show you how to do that also, but that's all right. I need instructions. Yeah, sorry. I'm, I'm expecting Eric to understand how to work a thermos. This is a high tech. Oh, I thought that was then just pour I that. thought that was pronounced uh, T. Hermes. T. Hermes. Way off. Sorry about that. That's all right. You really should be watching this because now we're making a big ass mess in the first five minutes <laughs> on of the our, show. On our brand new table, which is so far it's so good. All right. All right. So then we're going to let it steep there. And then you and I are going to take our first sip. Yeah, just put it in there. So mate. That's good. Mate. So you let it steep for 30 seconds or so. Mm -hmm. And then what happens is all the water goes down. And then the bombillo. So you just take it mm -hmm. and cheers. Cheers. Mate. Mate. Then you'll notice that you drank most of it right there. Mm -hmm. Then what we'll do is talk for a little bit. Then we'll add some more. Talk, add some more. And that's how it works. Notice also I'm saying you're going to continually add water, drink, add water, drink in the traditional way of doing it because that also plays a role. Uh, fun fact about mate. Right now it's being looked at for a lot of different supplements, but I came across a pretty wild article. It appears that it has the ability to help degrade plastics. So they're starting to integrate it in certain packaging so that it'll help degrade it. So it's good for the environment. So, so as, a, as an additive to plastic, it will help decompose plastic. On the one study that I saw, That's I don't understand the mechanism behind it. I didn't go down that route because I was getting really overwhelmed by the amount of stuff that I was reading and going really, down rabbit honestly, holes. If we even stop the show now, that would be really cool. Yeah, but it's going to get so much cooler. All right. Let's yeah. keep going. So you can put it in plastics. So like when you rip open a plastic bag like this, mm -hmm. um, it'll, uh, you can degrade it then. So, All right. So this is how you consume the mate. Now, I believe that if we can continue to consume this, the show will only improve. Okay. We'll get much better because let's look at the chemical composition of what is in this tea. So the main ingredients in yerba mate are polyphenols and methyl xanthines. The three methyl xanthines are caffeine, theobromine, mm -hmm. and theophylline. And I believe that it is the combination of the caffeine, the polyphenols, and the theobromine that do a pretty incredible job of why mate can be such an engaging, stimulating type drink without giving you the jitteriness of like a quadruple espresso and things. The amount of caffeine in a mate is around uh, that of a cup of coffee. Oh, okay. That being said, if you continue to fill, drink, fill, drink, you continue to extract. Each one's going to have a little bit less, uh -huh. but in theory, it would be like uh, pouring water through a drip filter a bunch of times and keep drinking that coffee. Okay. If you were to think of it that way. So you probably get a little more coffee by doing it over a slower period of time. It'd be like drinking a couple cups of coffee, but you're doing it very slowly sure. in little tiny amounts. Sure. Wow. So let's look at these methyl xanthines. Um, so theobromine is actually a stimulant and it can cause vasodilation, increasing blood flow to the brain and to other parts of the body. So you'll have vasodilation and it actually releases some dopamine. So you get a little bit of a dopamine hit with mm -hmm. it, which is which I think is super, super cool. Now, the uh, theophylline is a little bit amount. I remember theophylline back in the day when we would treat asthma as a drug. Yeah, I, actually, it was kind of on my mind. You said theophylline. You also said uh, uh, methylxanthines. These yeah. are the methylxanthine families. So <clears throat> theophylline, theobromine, mm -hmm. caffeine. Um, something I kind of wanted you to get through some of the benefits of having these because I've kind of got some thoughts, but, but you're spot on with the theophylline and asthma. There are, well, go ahead. Cause well, because not. these articles, remember, the articles are really kind of looking at something. And so this is more of, this is the chemical composition. This is what's out there. This is why it's as stimulating as coffee. And I, you and I got to talking yesterday. I was like, wow, there's some really cool stuff in here. 
And it's that's why I think there's more to it than just, oh, I'll just have coffee instead of this. You're getting a little bit more. What comes to mind then right off the bat, so I'll just kind of, hopefully I'm not jumping the gun here, but uh, methylxanthines are a family of natural phosphodiesterase inhibitors. And so now you're talking about something that can help people who are having lung constriction disease like asthma. You're also potentially talking about people who may have having uh, erectile dysfunction or benign prostate hypertrophy, any of the applications on where phosphodiesterase is causing roadblock, then a, a natural phosphodiesterase inhibitor might actually be helping. So if this is a natural source, that might be what you're getting to? No, I'm not actually, because it didn't get into that. They were talking about the chemical composition. That is fascinating. So like even for like, that would make sense um, why so many South Americans do this on a regular yeah. and they have not been exporting it. They're, they're not giving it to the rest <laughs> of the world. Yeah, they're enjoying it. <laughs> they're enjoying their yerba mates. But you're right. So methylxanthines, uh, uh, phosphodiesterase inhibitors. Uh -huh. Now, you've worked with that in um, opening airways and stuff. Isn't that something you guys use as in the anesthesia world? Yeah, I mean, you, you would definitely do that if someone's having a restrictive airway crisis. You know, asthma, of course, is certainly one of them. But uh, even after someone has an immediate aspiration, right, and we end up uh, treating them because they – they, it, anytime something triggers a uh, an immediate response in the lung, sometimes a blockage becomes the problem. We want to make sure they don't have a long-term aspirate issue or uh, uh, a pneumonia. So you could treat them for things that would treat asthma. But then again, a long-term solution to someone who has chronic asthma would be a theophylline or something similar to that. Which so, is a bronchodilator also, bronchodilator, right? Correct. Yeah. So sports performance, maybe? I mean, if you're an athlete... And you could see that uh, you would want to drink something like yerba mate because possibly it could uh, help you sustain your vital capacity, which is the vital capacity is the more or less a rough description is the maximum amount of efficiency that someone's lungs could reproduce. So if an athlete ever had uh, something that they wanted to achieve the best at they needed to have all of the energy and the availability of oxygen delivered to their muscle tissue etc they need to want to make sure that you're breathing efficiently and i don't know yet but maybe maybe the methyl xanthine action in uh yerba mate is is a benefit there that sounds like we have to do a whole podcast just on the effect of you know the methyl xanthines because um, not not to not 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 to skip over erectile dysfunction. <laughs> so anyway, um, so something else I came across. So if, if you're listening to this, you're like, oh wow. So I could have this. I could use this when I'm going to go study. I can use this before I'm going to. You know anything that you're going to want increased blood flow to the brain. You're going to have a little bit of a kick and a little bit of a dopamine response. That sounds amazing. Mm -hmm. The other place that you'll find the theobromine is usually in chocolates, and so that's one of the reasons why they believe that the chocolate has that little kick when people get it. Theobromine, I think, is what is poisonous to dogs in chocolate. I think you're right. And that's also interesting. So don't, until we investigate further, don't feed your dogs yerba mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we're, yeah, that's a whole, I, I feel like we could have 10 shows on this because every time I'd go down a path, now you're just making me think. I didn't even go down that path. But um, that being said, as it turns out, the mate produced in different South American countries, the tree itself will have different concentrations of caffeine. And as it turns out, the yerba mate that comes from Uruguay has two times the amount of caffeine and theobromine 
as any of the other countries. Oh, wow, okay. So in theory, if you want the real stimulation, uh -huh. then you want to get the stuff from Uruguay. All right. All right, so then our near and dear other great friend are the polyphenols. That's the other major constituent of the yerba mate, polyphenols. If you don't know what polyphenols are, basically listen to any other episode where it gets brought up at some point. So polyphenols. Now, this has lots of polyphenols, the yerba mate. Some of them you may have heard of. It has flavonoids such as quercetin, campferol, luteolin, and rutin. So a lot of people buy these separately to use as supplements when these are some of the polyphenols that are there. Now, we've discussed this in other episodes about large stable polyphenols. What's fascinating about yerba mate is the most prominent polyphenol in there is something called chlorogenic acid. That's gonna be very relevant when we start discussing its effect on how that particular polyphenol can help with weight loss, with diabetes, lipids. Ultimately, we're getting about a gram of polyphenols with a cup of yerba mate. Wow, one gram. That. One gram. That's pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. So let's look at the pharmacology activity of how these molecules, the methylxanthines and the polyphenols, actually work in our body. Now, there's multiple clinical studies, and I want to say this, that uh, when you start looking at this, a lot of this is animal data, but it is just the nature of it. We do have human studies. But this is really cool because one of the most prominent features that supplement companies are looking into is the effect of yerba mate on weight loss. Okay. So if you're interested in weight loss, listen very, very carefully in this part. So its role in weight loss is actually extremely interesting because it involves several different mechanisms, not just, oh yeah, it's caffeine, I get it, you boost your metabolism. One that I've never heard of before is actually that it slightly inhibits pancreatic lipase. Whether that actually contributes, these researchers that were doing the study showed that mice lost weight mm -hmm. and they were measuring the pancreatic lipase in it. It okay. decreased the lipase. So when they fed them high sugar, high fat diets, they actually didn't absorb all the fat. So there's a part of this that does a control on the amount of fat that you're gonna be absorbing which I found more interesting than anything because obviously as a gastroenterologist, I deal with pancreatic insufficiency and I'm always trying to make sure that my patients absorb all the fat that they can, but that's in a pathologic state. So in theory, that's one way, which is really, really interesting. And that was done in multiple animal studies. And what they did show is that by decreasing the absorption of fat, given a high fat meal, the animals actually um, removed visceral fat around their belly but it also took it out of the liver. So it appears that that was helping non-alcoholic steatohepatitis, NASH, fatty liver disease. Yeah, which is quite important. Then in another study in mice, uh, it was showed that mate has the ability to reduce pre-fat cell differentiation and lipid accumulation in the fat cells. So basically, this decreases the rate of how fat tissue grows. So what's happening here is the polyphenol, or the belief is, mm -hmm. that the polyphenol chlorogenic acid actually inhibits fat growth. So cells that are gonna become fat cells, mm -hmm. it actually tells them to just go away. It inhibits fat growth by reducing the expression of certain genes that tell fat cells to grow. So it down-regulates expression of genes 
that tell your body to get fat or to grow more fat, and it upregulates expression of genes that tell your body to use the fat cells as fuel. So, in other words, burn fat without putting on fat. You burn fat without putting on fat. It changes the direction. So, if you have those genes turned on that say that you need to, that we're going to store more fat, Uh that's a genetic, I mean, that is a gene line at a cellular level saying we need more fat. This is saying, no, don't do that. We're going to try and burn the fat. So it's uh, that's super interesting. I've never come across that with chlorogenic acid. And, and this is in animal studies, once again, but it does show that it appears to turn off the gene that actually makes your body want to put on more fat. Man, that's really super interesting. I, what kind of, and, and you may not have it at the ready, but what kind of study did they have to kind of show that there were people that were essentially... Uh, I would assume keeping up the same exercise level and diet, but just simply not putting on or stacking on that kind of weight, but probably even shedding some. Yeah. So that was, that was the animal study where they can have everything controlled. There, uh, there are a few human studies. Um, One, one that I came across, it's really hard to find a lot of these studies that are done on this specific thing. You know, it's just very hard to do human studies when we're talking stuff like this. Um, There was a very interesting human study where they looked at 25 obese subjects and they gave them mate for 12 weeks. What they determined was that they had a significant weight loss and decreased inflammatory markers. In that study, the researchers concluded that by decreasing the inflammation using the polyphenols in mate, that was the primary source of all of them losing weight they showed that the polyphenols blocked the inflammatory process. These guys probably didn't realize that the other thing was going on in the animal studies. But in the end, does it really matter? Because it seems like that everything that we have covered from all of the different uh, medicinal or natural things that we've covered on this show, and even just beyond the show talking with patients, inflammation is always the crux of long-term disease and irrational weight gain and if we can control the inflammation it just time and time again we hear the same thing over and over again control your inflammation status and then you won't necessarily have these kinds of problems we've we're seeing it over and over and over again you your inflammatory process is what causes disease and what makes you age when i was doing the research on the microbiome Mm -hmm. if you have the appropriate microbiome they will control the inflammation in your body if you're going to try and manipulate your immune system, that's a whole lot harder than manipulating your microbiome. 100%. And one way to manipulate your microbiome, multiple studies, fiber and polyphenols are the two things consistently which show improvement in microbial diversity. And in multiple studies, which will end up, um, Gabrielle Fundaro, I did a webinar with her. Go to her website and you can you can see the whole webinar where I got into tremendous detail on this. But that's an example. So here we have a human study. We looked at 25 people, 12 weeks of just mate at it. They led their normal life. So when yeah. you said, did they compare it? I don't think they did anything else as yeah. far as changing their diet or exercise routine or anything. Um, Impressive. Yeah. So then I started thinking, okay, well, weight loss. What's the other supplement that's in every damn weight loss thing that's over the counter? And the one that I kept coming across is green tea. Yeah. You'll see green tea and caffeine. Green tea, caffeine, weight loss supplement, green tea. So much so that there's different versions of trademark green teas that they say we have such and such when it's just green tea. And green tea is EGCG. That's the extract for green tea. So 
I went down a rabbit hole here, and I want to point out another really cool study, which uh, these researchers said, I want to compare green tea, apple tea, and yerba mate. Oh. Yeah. Okay. In, in a complete head-to-head. And what they showed was, this was a human study, what they showed that there was a much greater, I'll be honest, I don't remember if this is human or animal. Uh, but anyways, regardless, what they did show was that there was a much greater weight loss associated with the mate as opposed to green tea or apple tea. And because of this whole adipocyte thing, it appears that the visceral fat was significantly reduced. Probably animal studies when I think about it. Probably another mouse study. Visceral fat was significantly reduced in the abdomen and liver, especially the liver and abdomen. And it did not, uh, green tea did not have that same effect. Wow. So if you're out there buying green tea extract, you might want to start rethinking, okay, well, wait a minute. This yerbamate can have several different mechanisms on how this is going on. And just, uh, if you don't mind, just redefine for the audience that may not have kept up with uh, adipocyte, uh, mm. what that is. Sorry, yeah, adipocyte fat cell. So you're, if you've got a belly and it's squishy, it's fat, and it's you know a blobular thing, those fat cells swell. They're turned on by different stimulus to get bigger, you have you produce more as a younger age, but they just continually grow as we get older, uh, based on you know insulin resistance, calories coming in, and genes that say, okay, it's time to produce more fat. And you want to get in front of it with adipose tissue, which is which is the collections of all of the uh, adipocytes. It's long been thought that it's very very difficult to actually make adipose tissue or or those cells shrink and certainly go away. So there's actually a natural mechanism to allow your body to help shrink fat actually technically burn fat it's it should be rather eye-opening for someone who's actually trying to either improve their weight or just stay healthy yeah exactly so that's weight loss so there's some actual studies both human and animal that give some very plausible reasons why yerba mate works great as a weight loss Mm -hmm. supplement all right the next um major problem that affects so many people around the world is diabetes it does so let's look at studies done with yerba mate and diabetes And if you don't have diabetes, um, you may be pre-diabetic because it appears that as we age over the age of, I'm going to say around 40, insulin resistance starts happening no matter what you're really doing. So you kind of got to stay in front of that. So this is relevant to everybody, even if you don't have diabetes. So when you have diabetes, why is diabetes so bad? Oh, diabetes associated with coronary disease, associated with kidney failure, but really what, why? Well, the reason why is that diabetes creates so many problems because it produces something called advanced glycation end products. These are known as AGEs, advanced glycation end products. So basically what an AGE is, is a protein that sugar just attaches to. And by attaching to it, it kind of misfolds the protein. And then this protein with its sugar ride along, actually is not a normal shape and the protein's trying to like figure out what to do with it and so it bumps into cholesterol then cholesterol holds on then it ends up being just like this big sticky hot mess that then lays in the layers of your blood vessels and that's where the microvascular problems start to begin with diabetes so it's these AGEs so it's the sugar attaching to a protein which is probably the reason why diabetes kills so many people mm-hmm. ultimately it would be a heart attack or ultimately it would be all these other things but That's one of the reasons. So knowing that, uh, researchers were thinking that, well, maybe yerba mate, it's not just about lowering the glucose, but maybe yerba mate could help with those AGEs. And so what they did in multiple different animal studies, like this is just a quick summary of a bunch of these, 
it's believed that it prevents these AGEs. And part of the reason is the polyphenols inhibiting the inflammatory pathway NF-kappa-beta. Mm -hmm. That's one reason. And then there's other studies where they looked at head-to-head. -head, they're like, okay, we're seeing that these AGEs, they get blocked. So the sugar doesn't attach. So the protein can be sleek and nimble and go where it needs to go. Uh, and once again, I mean, clearly these these researchers are kind of stoked to try and say that, well, does green tea do the same thing? Because green tea has been, or I'm sorry, green, you know, green tea extract has been shown to help with um, diabetes and such. So another study actually looked at going head to head with green tea again. And as it turns out, green tea doesn't prevent the glycation. So something in the yerba mate, the researchers speculated it was the polyphenols and the anti-inflammatory crossway. Sure. But to me, it seems interesting because what we're talking about misfolding of proteins. When we talk about um, your body fasting, sauna, cold, all those are stressors. Mm -hmm. And they turn on, well, certainly sauna turns on heat shock proteins. Right. Well, the whole purpose of heat shock protein is to straighten a misfolded protein out. Correct. So I'm not, uh, maybe there's more to it, but I mean... It's, it could be really fascinating to get in, into more detail, but when they went head to head, they actually looked at this. They showed that green tea does not do a good job of preventing these AGEs. So head to head, that's what they got. So it does not prevent the advanced glycation end products. I mean, I wish I knew something to add to that, but that's a lot of new isn't that, information. Isn't that wild? Yeah. yeah, this is all stuff that I was completely unaware of. So that's what I got to love about you know, getting ready for these podcasts because I'm just, I was down some rabbit holes. I mean, it's really, really cool though. I mean, uh, people that do have diabetes and long-term diabetes, certainly uncontrolled diabetics, uh, the, the promise to them is that over time, coronary vessel disease is, is inevitable and or renal failure. And it all comes down to including blood flow to vital organs. That's really what it comes down to inflammation and, and collection of, uh, things that would block off blood flow. So 100%. So, got to throw in a human trial. So here's the human trial. There was an evaluation of 11 volunteers that already had diabetes and 11 that were pre-diabetic and they had them consume one liter of mate. And what they showed is a significant increase in glutathione. And we know glutathione is a potent uh, process of the NADH pathway yeah. and helps that. And reduction in serum, lipid, and peroxides, as well as the reduction in AGEs. And glutathione, just, just as a recap, and in several of our previous episodes, that is the body's most potent natural antioxidant, period. Yes. Um, so here's the clinical trials. Let me tell you why I started doing yerba mate, which I don't want to get too much into this, but this is really interesting. I started doing it because... It actually is a potent GLP-1 agonist. The GLP-1 agonist, um, similar to the other diabetic um, medications, Ozempic. Mm -hmm. So Ozempic is out there. That's a GLP-1 agonist. Um, the It gives you a sensation of being full, oh, yeah. slow stomach emptying, and turns up leptin. So I've been doing mate strictly because I don't get hungry when I do it. And I can intermittent fast much longer. Didn't even know all this other stuff I've already told you so about. So really, this little mechanism allows people to comfortably either fast or intermittently fast or avoid overeating. It's kind of what you're getting at. Yeah. I mean, I will wake up starving sometimes and know that I don't want to eat until, you know, two or three o'clock. Yeah. And I will completely forget about it while I'm doing the yerba mate. And what is something also kind of interesting, since it's ceremonial in South America, uh -huh. it is a, you know, it's a 
conversation. It's almost like um, the way that people would have the, the movements of smoking, where just some of the movements themselves are ceremonial. You know, we're put it down, talk some more, pass it around, whatever. So it keeps you busy. Basically, what I'm saying is it keeps me busy also. No, it makes sense. Because you're though. just putting a sip at a time. Man. I mean, it, it, that, that, doesn't that kind of translate to things that are communal? Uh, they become habitual, right? And so a bad, probably a bad habit is to uh, join in with your friends. Back when you were in college, you turn on a great television show and you have just a bunch of snacks. I mean, because that's, that's what you do, but you're really breaking the time and you're enjoying the company with someone else. So literally, it just seems like that this is a far more healthy substitute. Not only healthy, but I mean, immensely beneficial, right? <laughs> yeah, so when, you just totally reminded me of a story. Um, my good friend, Dr. Russ Havronik and I, when we were in medical school, we went to Argentina for a few months yeah. to do a rotation down there. And when we got there, they were a little bit confused. Hospital Italiano in Buenos Aires. When we got there, they were a little bit confused why we were there. There was very poor communication come back and forth. Maybe that was on purpose by Russ and I, <laughs> kind of keeping both parties in, in the dark. Yeah. And so they came in, they're like, oh, we're gonna go do a liver transplant. Why don't you get you know, scrubbed in? And we're like, well, Russ looks at me and goes, dude, we didn't come to Argentina to watch people do surgeries we can do up there. So then Russ goes, um, tell him, because he didn't speak Spanish, I was speaking Spanish, he goes, tell him that we're here to do an evaluation to see if they can do an exchange program. We're not here to, to you know, watch you guys do surgery. <laughs> so the guy, the guy makes a phone call. Next thing we know, this other guy shows up in a white coat, older gentleman, and he hands us a card, and the card says, Jefe, boss. The boss, That's it. yeah. <laughs> He took us right up to his office, and we sat for, I don't know, two to three hours drinking mate with him in his office. Nice. Yeah, it was awesome. Did Russ understand any of the conversation? Russ is a very smart guy, and he's picking up on it, and he's, yeah, he's a, he was able to do it. So we sat there and drank. Our first day as med students in Argentina, we were drinking mate with El Jefe. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it ended up being a, a really, really, really fun rotation. Um, all right, so really briefly, the polyphenols. We talk about polyphenols all the time. We know that there's lots of great things that polyphenols do, the least of which is that they feed your microbiome and they're a potent anti-inflammatory. So let's just briefly talk about the anti-inflammatory aspects of mate yeah. because it's very similar to atrantil in the sense of we know that it um, decreases inflammatory cytokines like NF-kappa-beta, TNF-alpha, decreasing inflammatory nitric oxide. We did an episode on this, INOS. INOS, yeah. And increases anti-inflammatory cytokines like interleukin-2 and interleukin-10. So lots of different ways that this decreases inflammation. So if you want to lose weight, you want to block your inflammation, or you want to make sure that you control your diabetes and don't do that, my suggestion is, seems like a pretty good idea to start drinking mate. ASAP. I think that it's actually a, a pretty enjoyable. This is my first mate. Really? Yeah, ever. And it's been enjoyable. Uh, it's different, but that, that doesn't, that's not a knock really at all. It's oh. just, it's very, very unique. It's very, very different. And yeah, I've enjoyed it. And uh, learning about why it's beneficial, I think, is even more, makes it more attractive, I guess, as a drink to maybe possibly incorporate. Is there a way that we could get to the, uh, good and bad way to consume mate, or is that something you just changed over the papers? Because I thought you were on your last page, and so maybe, maybe I did some foreshadowing. Yeah, this. Um, so we left one thing out. It's highly associated with multiple cancers that can kill you. 
This is not nearly as attractive as I thought it was a minute ago. So tune into episode 71 when I tell you how it's not going to kill you. That's pretty much what the news people do, right? Yeah. Tune yeah. in at five. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait. 25 to... things that will kill you in your house right now. Tune in at five and we'll tell you. So apparently there's going to be a follow-up where we'll talk a little bit more about uh, yerba mate and how to consume it safely, right? Yeah, safely. So this is this is the part that Andrew Huberman needs to hear. Okay. Because so I just told you why you want to be on Yerba Mate and why it's so good for you on that level. Now let's back it up. And every time he brings it up, he always says, well, it's very controversial, but it appears that there is an association with cancer. Mm -hmm. So I went down rabbit holes on this one and I feel like I figured it out because when I'm looking at it in a nutshell, it's believed that drinking mate on a regular basis causes several types of cancer with esophageal cancer being the most prominent and then there's stomach and bladder also and kidney cancer. So I just got done explaining how amazing this stuff is. Mm -hmm. And now I just told you it's going to cause all these cancers. There is the paradox of what I'm what, hoping that we can figure out. And so. Yeah, I'm hoping we can too. Before we conclude for this particular show, I had one quick question. And maybe you do or maybe you don't have this info and we could have it to in the next one, in the next episode. But um, do we, one, have a comparison on uh, regions they consume lots of yerba mate and their rate of diabetes versus the U.S. And two, the cancers that you've mentioned, do we have a rate comparison of like the average around the world versus the places that consume yerba mate and do they actually have an increase really at all? So, yes, we do have comparisons of that. And um, looking at the world cancer, it's... Um, it's not as striking as the literature would make you think. Okay. Well, that's that's actually a good endorsement. Yeah. And then what about the diabetes? The diabetes I didn't look at. I was looking mostly at cancer, but I'm going to assume um, it's going to be lower just based on the fact that we have some of the highest diabetes in the whole world. China's now catching up to us yeah. because of Coke and all those other things. Oh, man. We, come on, guys. we got to try harder. <laughs> uh, well, what we need to do then is probably just see what we can find by uh, comparison, maybe uh, places that tend to eat somewhat the same diet and yet one that is maybe heavier in consuming yerba mate. I'll just see if I can dig it up before we have our next show. Yeah. So let's, yeah. So we'll go ahead and do that. So let's just wrap it up right now. Um, because bottom line is if you want to lose weight, control your diabetes and it's go get some yerba mate. You're going to find out that, uh, when you start reading about it, it is associated with different cancers. The next episode, we're going to tell you, um, it's probably not nearly as bad as i was initially reading or how people were bashing it mm -hmm. but also how to do it in the safest best way because variation does matter and where it comes from how it's prepared how it's dry how it's dry, all this other stuff yeah so we'll just go over it um on the next episode about the incidence of these different cancers and then how to actually uh take it in a very very safe way awesome way well, hey, in the meantime uh mate mate right on We'll see y'all next episode. That's a wrap for this episode of the Gut Check Project, and we appreciate you for being a part of it. Be sure to follow us on your favorite platform for podcasts. You can find the GCP on Locals, YouTube, Spotify, Apple, Rumble, and more. And you can always check out gutcheckproject.com to find all episodes and interact with the show. Tell your friends and family not to wait to get Gut Checked.